I am Rick. You walk out of my apartment building, okay? And you take a left, and you walk about yeah, a... Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you... Is your apartment building one building? Do you just leave your apartment door and you're outside already? I feel like you've, you've missed a step. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me rewind a second. Yeah, you I would walk- have been so Oop, there's lost the if can. I tried to follow these directions. <laughs> right, okay, so you you walk out of uh. my door, okay? You walk forward about eight feet and take a right. You walk forward about eight more feet and take a right and hit the button for the elevator. You wait about 30 seconds, maybe less, maybe more, depending on what the elevator is up to. You get in the elevator, you hit first floor, Smoke and you enjoy. walk forward about 25 feet and open the door to the apartment building. You walk forward another 10 feet and you are on the sidewalk because we're a little elevated. We got a little patio thing. You take a left, oh, you okay. walk about 150 feet, you take another left, and you walk into this ramen place. And then you walk forward about 10 feet, find a table, and uh, walk to that table, however many feet that is. Can you can you start over? I actually don't know feet versus metrics. This is really okay. So yeah, I'm kind can of you meters, please? Yeah, yeah. So convert <laughs> yeah. it convert it by um, multiplying it all by go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no, no. Okay, I I know that, that all place. makes sense now. Very clear. It all, it's all very obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whenever I come to Seattle, we'll have to go there because I love ramen so much. That's one of the oh. like eight food experiences in my life that i remember very distinctly the first time i had real ramen and the first time i had crappy bag ramen um which i love still it's great crappy bag ramen is like remarkably top ramen is top of the line top ramen ramen, in fact (laughs) yeah exactly okay i'm glad we we cleared that up especially if you throw some other shit in it or curry man we learned that like two years ago putting curry and top ramen changes that game have entirely. you tried putting in an egg you know <laughs> I, I have and i was not taken I, my I, my breath was still within me okay all right, all right all right fair. so um i went to i went to pax this week the penny arcade expo it's a lot of people in one space to look at some video games man penny arcade expo still goes yeah that's nuts they have like five locations including australia now maybe it's only four there's a lot um, but this is this was formerly PAX Prime. It was the original. Now it's PAX West because it can't be better than the rest, apparently, even though it is in the West, which is, in fact, the best. Um, I've heard. Yeah. yeah but That's so, like, the rumor. we went and looked at some games and kind of toured the floor, and we were on the least busy day, and it was still super busy and, like, a nightmare. But Super PAXed? I... Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> they had a, a ton of games I didn't really care about, but one of them, uh, it's for this game called Ark, which I've never played and I don't really care about. All I know about it is that there are dinosaurs in them, or in it, and you can tame them. And for this booth, which was gigantic, they had a T-Rex that must have been about 35 feet tall, and you could like walk up these stairs and pose on the T-Rex and get a picture taken. And... Uh, that was fine. I wasn't. I wasn't. Su- I. I kind of wanted to get my picture taken on the T Rex. Oh, you didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I was say, why the fuck didn't I get a get this picture so, in my? So text? the reason is, there were also people in like dinosaur suits advertising the game, like kind of shuffling around in the area in like mini T Rex suits, and one of them 
went up on the T-Rex and rode the T-Rex. So you had a little T-Rex riding a big T-Rex, and I couldn't top that. That was like, I was like, all right, fuck it. Nothing's going to be better than that. So it was pretty good. So why didn't you ride the mini T-Rex and send us a picture of that? Yeah. Just like jump on them? Because I, you know, I should have. It was a, it was an oversight. (laughs) It was a mistake. I fucked up. You fucked up. I fucked up. But yeah, that that was kind of PAX. Uh, my my other favorite part was uh, Cards Against Humanity had like taken over a big chunk of the building, and you had to walk down this weird hallway. And along the hallway, they had like gigantic Cards Against Humanity cards, like about four feet tall, that had fun facts and life advice on them. And two of them really stuck with me. The first was fun fact: you don't need to start a podcast. <laughs> The truth. The second was <laughs> the second was I respect that. Fun fact. Sufjan Stevens is just okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, That's these hilarious. feel targeted. These feel targeted. I don't know about this. So that was kind of my weekend. I uh I got some some friendly discouragement from the kind folks at at Cards Against Humanity. It was Kind of heartbreaking, honestly. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe we, maybe they listen. That's kind of good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe for, or maybe for stereotypes. Yeah, <laughs> Those are the this is also probably true. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, guys, the other thing that I did was uh, watch all of Stranger Things. Oh, good! I knew you would. All of I'm it. so pleased. Every bit. Yeah. Did you do it in two sittings? Uh, I did. I sat down... Well, three sittings. I sat down um, at like 10 at night with my lady friend, and we watched the first episode, and she was like super scared when the kid got taken at the beginning, and like would not <laughs> look at the screen. And then we watched the second episode, and like we kind of went to we went to bed, and she was like, "Yeah, that that it's okay, it's interesting, I guess, but I wouldn't watch it if I wasn't watching it with you." It's just okay, like Sufjan. Just okay, like yeah, Sufjan. Just like Sufjan. <laughs> so is that our new is that our new Love rating? That. Uh, Ted Sufjan. Just okay, like Rick Sufjan. Flair? Just <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, let's adopt that. Let's pull that in. I'm into it. Um. So the next morning we watched two more episodes, and then that night we were going to just watch one more because she had to get up and go to work in the morning and drive like two hours to get to work. But each time Jesus. we got to the end of one of the episodes, she was like, "Ah, mm, we, all right, we'll watch the next one." And then <laughs> the series was over, and it was one a.m. And she was yeah. unhappy about the one a.m. but very happy about watching the series. It, it's really good. good. It's really good. Like, I I went in expecting very, you know, I expected Sufjan. That's exactly what I expected. But I got Ric Flair. You got Ric so Flair. Man, I, surprise Ric Flair. That's great. Yeah, surprise yeah. Ric Flair. Um, I, yeah, it was... The top rope. I had a, a friend who was like, oh, you should watch it. I think it's worth it. Um, it's nothing exceptional. Um, so I started it, and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that. Um... There's the one guy who, Steve, um, the boyfriend yeah. guy, who mm-hmm. looks exactly like, um, oh shit, what's his name? Um, uh, Aziz Ansari's friend in Parks and Rec. 
Um, Jean Ralphio? Jean Ralphio. He yeah. looks exactly like Jean Ralphio. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Like, I okay, yeah. was convinced. Yeah, look look at a picture really quickly. super similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was convinced it was at least his little brother or something, because they look so similar. Hmm. And I kept expecting him just to be like, oh, what's up, Stacy? Or, like, just do it like, huh? Do that thing where his hand in front of his mouth is like, flush with cash. I was just, God, I wanted it so badly. Were you let down um, that it never happened? Spoilers, it never happened. A little bit. Yeah, spoiler, it doesn't happen. But he could totally turn into John Ralphio with the direction he was going at certain points. Um, but I, yeah, I was, I was kind of not particularly sold. I thought it was nice. I was enjoying sitting and watching it. But as soon as, um, how spoiler can we get with this? Um... Okay. I think, like, the the five listeners... Have probably listening... watched it. If you haven't watched it yet... Because all, like, all of the people I know listen already watched this. If you haven't watched it yet, skip forward about ten minutes, and if we're still talking about it, just go watch it and come back afterwards. Yeah, perfect. That sounds great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was really sold on the episode The Body. Um, oh, yeah. Right yeah. at the end, mm-hmm. when the sheriff stabs into the body and it's a stuffed, like, doll thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yep. All right, this is awesome. Yeah, conspiracy that was time. good. I like yeah. I like I, I me some conspiracy. I liked Hopper a lot. Yeah, Hopper was all he, there was. There's something particularly interesting about his character. Like I don't know if it was the actor or what, but I was just so drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Like the way he moved was so sort of noir-ish without being noir-ish. I don't know. Like I was super drawn to Hopper, and I'm not sure why. He was but, uh, he was really yeah. good. Like really good performance. Yeah really like really well written character um mm-hmm. i i liked him from from like his first set of lines mornings are for coffee and contemplation i was like yeah okay <laughs> you understand how life should go all right great i know it yeah mm-hmm. terrific terrific show um really smart really clever I, i'm really excited to see where it goes next magical though right it's like the lamest way to describe something but that was such a magical little show so so it it got super meta at the end because like if you think about the structure of the show it's basically the structure of a D campaign oh 100 percent. and then at the very end like when he when when they're like but there are so many unexplained questions and he's like it's only 10 hours guys yeah super (laughs) super 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 meta Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And they've already confirmed. They've already confirmed a second season, which uh, mm-hmm. which will be oh, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, apparently, two new child actors, which generally would worry me, but the child actors in that show are really good. Uh, yeah, which is a re- they were great. That's a weird sentence to say. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a child actor to be great. Yeah, like the the girl who played Eleven was kick ass. Mm-hmm. Like she was a good fucking actress um and i was when i was reading up on the show because i it interested me enough that i spent like a good couple hours reading up on the writing the different things it's based off of the obvious influences from you know stephen king definitely stephen king john carpenter um and then they were talking about like the montauk project which happened in 43 63 um which was testing uh like time travel on children in montauk they also uh, uh like they also mentioned really mk ultra like which is was another really big one. that uh, that um, has come up so. before on this show mk ultra mm-hmm. controlling your oh, mind. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> yep um so i was really intrigued by the writing because clearly they put a lot of thought into it um so i was looking into the 
the actors and actresses as well. Um, and the girl who played Eleven, uh, she was from like a small town, um, and she auditioned for something like, and there was a talent agent that was there and told the parents was like, look, you have a child who can act beyond anything that like she has skills that can't be taught. Genuinely, you should move somewhere she can she can work. So they they actually listened and packed up and moved. And within like two weeks, she was already cast in various shows um, and like commercials, which is insane. Um, yeah, she's intense. That girl is really kick ass. Um, and the the little boy is actually going to be the lead little boy or the main one. Um, Mike. Uh, what's his name? Mike. Yeah, Mike is going to be the new lead young man in um it the upcoming it really oh, i didn't shit. know that okay <laughs> he almost wasn't able to that. be in this because of that yeah and it looked i mean the cast is really interesting um oh my god so because i've been wanting that for a while because yeah going back and watching it isn't really worth it because it's super dated um tim yeah. curry is still creepy as fuck but it's super dated mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, and he was great in Stranger Things. Oh yeah, he was um, terrific. So I'm excited really, really, really good to see him in like a proper horror film. Um, I didn't know that was one happening. funny I was thing. Super excited about that. Yeah, I know. I didn't know about That's that. Awesome. I was really pleased. <laughs> um, it it's got an interesting cast. Um, the <clears throat> the the evil the big bad is played by um. I don't. Uh, he's the youngest Skarsgård. Um, he's known really mostly for his role in that really terrible Netflix show, Hemlock Grove, where he plays like a vampire thing. Oh, I Um, didn't watch that. I skipped that. I saw the first two episodes and it was garbage. Like it was, uh, it was the first thing I saw made by Netflix and I thought Netflix was just going to make a bunch of shitty TV shows and movies, which is clearly not the case, so way to turn it around um but you know the Skarsgård clan has put out some incredible actors so it's hopefully gonna work out um i think he's a creepy enough looking dude already that he'll be able to be creepy clown no problem yeah that'll be that'll be an interesting kid's set Uh, i'm excited you liked it though i'm super it'll be interesting when that comes around (laughs) Mm mm-hmm no, it was it was mm-hmm. fantastic. I was I was really excited by it. I uh, I also immediately after watching that started watching uh, Jessica Jones, which I am I think three episodes into now. Uh, it's interesting. That's right. You haven't yeah. watched that yet. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not 100 percent taken with it yet. I do like it. I wasn't. Um, yeah, but I thought it was the same sort of flow as this where you're kind of like oh, you know i see why people like it it's okay and then it grabbed me really well yeah 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 uh the last episode i watched was the one where um trish almost gets murdered by the police officer uh so that's where i'm yeah. at um and and that like kind of caught me off guard they they do a really good mm. job of making Kilgrave like what he can do scary even if he the person yeah. has not been scary yet mm-hmm. so i've been i've been into that i still haven't tried watching that one you should really check it out because it doesn't feel like a superhero show at all so that wouldn't bother you good yeah because i know that's your big thing which is reasonable because i'm kind of burnt out on it and i love that shit still um mm-hmm. but it's it's really good like i think you'd like it a lot and you know uh Kristen ritter yep 
died of a heroin overdose. Yep. No, a meth overdose. Heroin overdose. It was like a speedball. It was Breaking all Bad. <laughs> and then came back and was like, I just have superpowers now, guys. I'm so really bitchy, <laughs> though. So that's great. <laughs> I really like that. Also, the um, the guy who plays Luke Cage is a, like a, a honey. That guy is so ripped and attractive. It's insane. He's like a big, giant ball of dark chocolate. Would you call him a honey bear? I wouldn't. No. Well, that's <laughs> case. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd be afraid of offending him. Okay, yeah. And he's really big uh and you know invincible because he's luke cage so i wouldn't want yeah he would mess you up yeah you probably don't want to push your boundaries there yep totally Mm -hmm. totally you gotta respect yeah you'll have to you'll have to keep texting me as you watch uh jessica jones though because i i was really i was super taken with that show so i'd love to hear you yeah your updates as you go Yeah, yeah yeah of course it's gonna be a little while i think i've been watching it with uh with the lady friend um and i think she's going to be super busy in the next week or two but you know i might sneak in an episode here or there <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes uh ted yes sir you've been a busy boy i'm told i'm told you have you've you've done I'm, things you're doing you've things. been a busy a busy boy busy boy, busy boy <laughs> talking about doing things um Yes, I have actually. Uh, since we're talking about shows, I guess I'll just keep with that kick really briefly. Um, I just started a new old show, um, which I'm pretty not sold on necessarily, called Longmire. Um, it picked up a lot of attention. It was an A&E show that came out in like 2005 or something. A lot of people have flip phones still, which is funny, um, which is super... It's odd that something less than a decade ago or kind of a decade ago date something that much it's like when you watch terminator and they're running and like oh god we gotta get to a payphone i had that experience like a couple months ago because i finally started watching the wire because i'd never seen it yep that's right and there because it was like you know being made along with a lot of you know big jumps in cell phone technology so they sort of introduce them Mm. as like parts of the plot where they're like oh you know these guys are using cell phones in this way and they're like and like just Texting. sometimes the way yeah the way they talk about it is like oh yeah this was this was back then when that was new <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> it's great i it's crazy be, though like, teaching that about something, something like that's that just like is yeah super so commonplace now yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's um but yeah so I, i'm watching the show longmire it's basically it's set in wyoming it's a kind of drunkish uh, police a sheriff who goes around and solves murders um, and it's pretty okay um, Katie Sackoff is in it she was uh, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica known for flying off the handle and yelling a lot not a great actress not terrible but not great um, and she uh, plays like a really weak female character like almost all of the show that's my biggest issue with the show is most of the female characters are super like oh i can't do anything on my own um which is irritating but the reason i'm interested in the show is it's one of the very few examples in um media we have right now that has a really large cast of native people uh, mostly cheyenne um and uh like crow and things like that which is super rare i think i was looking up statistics on it and something like um, 0.3% of people cast in movies are native. Um, oh, wow. That's nuts. 
Yeah. Yeah, because there's such a there's such like a a typecast to them, and there's such a media um, image built off of like the the drunk, the spirit warrior, the lone rider, like all these. Only these type of people can be cast as, um, or can have any appearance in a show, um, and so <clears throat> it's the though I think they don't play a big enough role. Most of the native people you see there are super realistic. I mean, like uh, one of the last episodes I watched had um, there was a small native gang in Chi- in the Cheyenne territory, um, and it was like. <laughs> 16 17 year old kids dressed up as like uh basketball people wow what a good description basketball basketball people. Basketball um, people. Jesus. <laughs> they were wearing like jerseys and shit which is what i think of when i think of um like because the first like uh, native friend i had because north carolina we they killed all of them for the most part so they're not really killed them and shoved them off it's really fucking awful um obviously but the first person I dealt with was my friend Willard up in Valdez. Willard Naycock. Um, he's a Inipec. Funny guy. Really nice. Um, but that guy loved him some hip-hop and basketball and Halo. Those were, like, yeah. the most important <laughs> things in his life. Um, and it was, you know, a really white moment for me where I was like, wow, look at that. A real-life native man. <laughs> And that's what he does. Yeah, no, and it wasn't quite like that. This is me being extreme. Um, but it's it was close enough to that that it's sad. Um, and so I was really excited watching the show, seeing how many um, of the cast are native. And then one of the, the leads in it is Lou Diamond Phillips. He was a big actor in the 90s. Um, he was in a whole lot of stuff. He was cast um, kind of flipping between... Uh, native man because he's half Cherokee um, or uh, I think he's half Cherokee and half Mexican I want to say I don't remember where um, some sort of Latin blood type um, really cool great actor he was in a really dope movie called Blood In Blood Out in the middle late 90s which was um, about a Mexican gang and a um, uh, well a bunch of different prison gangs battling essentially and he was uh, a big player in that cool actor i wish there was more of him in the show and less white people problems because mostly it's like oh the big white sheriff who never tells anybody what's he thinking because he's a hard ass and he goes and drinks but you know he's a true man wyoming <laughs> here's my big belt buckle Aww. it's a little too much for me Aww. but it's, it's it's worth watching um because i i mean i support the big uh cast and i um netflix picked up the show i think season four and then season five's coming out through netflix soon here and, um, what, and netflix had a huge issue oh yeah what was the name of the show again longmire longmire l-o-n-g-m-i-r-e um and uh, netflix had a huge issue a couple years back when it put out one of its first movies called the ridiculous six which was an adam sandler movie um, which was that was like last a lot year. Of media... Was that last year? I thought that yeah, was like two years ago. That was not ago. that long ago. Man, I thought I was still working at the post office when that came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Whenever the fuck that came out, um, it was a big deal because um, a portion of the cast, the native, por- uh, like five of the native actors on that cast, 
um, left the show in the middle of filming because like it was just constant sort of racial slurs which happens in movies but it's tricky with uh, the native sort of representation because it's carrying on a stereotype that's already active like hard enough for them to fight um, and but the big deal is mostly that uh, the native actors would say no to a role or leave a role there was about a hundred other people on that cast that just took over the role no problem but um, if you have a 0.3% chance of having a job and you leave the job sort of as a statement of your beliefs a lot of respect goes into that um, so that was really cool uh, but that was Longmire, and it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's Sufjan, really, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. <laughs> you give it a Sufjan. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing I did, though, after, God, I'm always just going to talk about fucking TV and movies now. I need to do more things. Um, I started baking some banana bread about 45 minutes ago, which means I'm going to dip for two minutes. Can we take a pee break? Slash banana bread break? banana bread sure let's take a banana bread break banana bread. and when we come back camden's <laughs> been doing some things too right camden i hope you have because i didn't actually ask sure before. okay great Okay. All right. Okay. All right. People are back. The, has the banana bread right, been right, rescued? Both loaves look not banana shaped. I was going to say banana shaped. That would be awesome, though. Having banana bread, like a banana. Because they bread came out shaped like hand. a banana. Yeah. Yeah. If no. you just made them and they magically yeah. shaped themselves like bananas, that would I think, be awesome. I think this might be a new business Man, idea. I need a banana pan. Mm-hmm. Would be I also super think Ted is super lucrative. frozen. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, no, I totally <laughs> bro- both of you froze on my end, so I just kept talking Aww. about banana. Pans. All right, <laughs> all right, That's we'll okay. we'll uh we'll let we'll let Ted work on his freezing issues for a little bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Camden, what's been what's, what's been going on, man? You just said you had things going. What 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 things? Um, what things? Well, uh, my uh my sister had a baby last night. Oh, so that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Little, I forgot she was pregnant. It's a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit scary. It was a month early, and oh wow, she'll be like oh shit, flown to uh, flown to Anchorage last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I only just heard about it like after work today, like a few hours ago. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> you know, what was it? Um, yeah. Is it a what he or a it? she? It's a it's a girl. Okay. Or unless it Yeah. Does but it have a sex? Yeah, kind of surprise. It's it was a girl. Just, like What's I its was, name? you know, ready for that to happen in October. Mm-hmm. But uh Huh? Does it have a name yet? 
Uh, yeah, I don't remember what it was, so I have to... I was about to congratulate you on being an uncle, but it sounds like you're the worst uncle ever. Okay, all right. Uh, (laughs) Congratulations on being an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Good deal. Well, have you gotten (laughs) up to anything else? Have you been listening to anything, maybe? Um, The only thing I've listened to is something we all listen to, and I only listened to it one time. Okay. Even though... I was Only one time. I yeah. Oh. <laughs> didn't you drive for like seventeen hours? Yeah. Anyone but uh, I didn't here? have like I can't just like hook up to Spotify. There's no like service or anything. Oh. That's a really solid point, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. You were driving when reason. it came out, and that was just bad news. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to it the other day. I was really happy with it. It, as well. it of course, being... How about we actually intro it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, um, oh. Go ahead, Camden. Yeah, go for it. Nope, all it's you. The new, you got it. the new uh, Angel Olsen album, My Woman. Yeah. My Woman. <laughs> my Woman. And it's all typeface capital letters, uh, My Woman, Angel Olsen. Uh, yeah. We talked about some of the singles from it last week. Uh, I think we talked about um, Shut Up, Kiss Me, and uh, Intern? Sisters. And Sisters. And Sisters. Yeah. And sisters. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I hadn't listened to Angel Olsen before, but uh, you guys talked really positively about her. So I went and listened to this album when it came out. It's pretty good. It's um, I listened to it, uh, I think, twice while we were driving. Um She's. I. I wasn't sure what to expect, not having heard her stuff before. But I had a. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Good. She's got such a good croony voice. Um, when she wants it to come out, it gets super nice and mm-hmm. kind of old school country at points, which is fantastic. She does such a good job with that. And then it's such an upbeat album at certain points. Like "Shut Up and Kiss Me" was just such a fun. We were. Our Camden was saying it's sad it didn't come out this summer because it's a perfect summer song um yeah i i thought the rest of the album stood up just as well to those singles i was really uh taken by it i think i listened to it about four times audio issues continuing uh ted having technical difficulties technical difficulties I don't know why. Your internet it's hates you today. Bullshit. Your internet hates you today. It's okay. Yeah, it does. Um, no, it was good. How would you guys describe Angel Olsen's sound, just for someone who hadn't heard her before? Like, I... That, that's definitely what I was doing when it froze. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I was... Just to recap, uh, basically I was saying she's got a really excellent sort of old-school croony voice. Um which she pulls out at times, and I think it just does so well for her sound. Um, but a number of the songs have that upbeat, sort of poppy appeal, like Shut Up, Kiss Me, um, that wonderful sort of summer song feeling. Mm-hmm. And it was a um, little fuzzy, too, some parts of the album, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Camden, did you have any other thoughts on it before we, we should uh, I haven't listened to it enough. I, no, I, I yeah. <laughs> Haven't haven't okay, listened to good it close deal. enough yet. Uh, so you guys were also super positive on her her previous album, uh, "Burn 
Burn the Fire, Burn Your Fire for No Witness. Burn, yeah. Uh, so I listened to that as well. Um, I really like that. That was a really cool yeah. album. Um, and then I listened to uh, an album called Ambulance by The Amazing, which I was super into. Um, Reeves, uh, friend of the show, friend of the podcast, Reeves Richards, uh, came over and brought a bunch of vinyl with him. So we listened to uh, Ambulance by The Amazing, and I think we listened to a band... It was a bluegrass black metal band. I believe they were called Panoptica. Panopticon. 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 Which was... I remember yep, that. Yep, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, they're, they're badass. <laughs> yeah. They're no. super fucking cool. <laughs> I, was, I was into that, and then we listened to some... Uh, some Iron Sheik, which, like, sort of melodic punk is kind of how I'd describe them, which was also really, really, really good. Um, finally, I listened to an album that I think you guys would be super into, but uh, streaming rights being what they are is only currently on iTunes. Um, rapper named Travis Scott released an album called Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight which uh, I thought was really, really good. Um, my favorite track off of it is this sort of, like... It's it's all fairly soft, um, and uh, it's got it's got a pretty electronic production. Um, I really love the track Goosebumps, but there's also a track on the album called Beebs in the Trap, which is, like, in the running for song name of the year. I'm trying to figure out why. Beebs as in <laughs> Bieber. Beebs in the trap, like bees in the trap. Like Bieber's in, in the vagina? I mean, I don't... It's like all the... I don't... Is that what he's talking I, about? I, That's what that implies. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly, but it might be. But uh, a big fan of the song name Beebs in the Trap. It, it cracked me up when I saw it. Uh, but yeah, Goosebumps is really good. Um, there are a bunch of unlisted features on the album, which is super cool because when you are listening to a track and suddenly you hear a rapper that you love it's it's fucking fantastic you're just like yeah there they are um that was kind of what i listened to uh this week other than our album of the week oh you you listened to it i did that's so nice of you was i the only person who did (laughs) yeah i've never heard of it (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't even okay. know what music is. What is music? What? Yeah, I'll what tell is you later. This? Don't worry. I'll tell you all about music later. I think. Anyways, before we go into that, I think next week I'll have a lot more uh, albums to talk about because there's a bunch of stuff I want to get to. Yeah, that's coming out on Friday. Okay. And, um, yeah. So I'm kind of like on a trend of you know lot one week then kind of listen to the same stuff the next week then listen to new stuff yeah well, so. sometimes you need some time for something to sink in right like i'm pretty sure yeah, i'm gonna spend I, it's not it's not the mint days anymore i can't listen to new yeah. stuff every day anymore Fucking yeah so much new stuff i'm pretty sure I'm i don't have the attention the next... span for that i'm pretty sure i'm gonna spend <laughs> the next week with uh with travis scott and and let you guys know how okay. that goes because i was Super impressed by that album my first time through, and I think you guys would dig it. Um, but I heard, yeah, I heard Rodeo. It was a really cool sounding album. It was one of those ones where it was like, 
I I liked the album, but basically entirely for the production. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I didn't mm-hmm. really find him to be like an interesting rapper. I uh, I haven't listened to Rodeo, but I would say. But I heard like yeah, I heard like potential there for sure. But yeah. I like I like that. The things I liked in that album were just like all the production stuff because it sounded fucking awesome. Yeah, no, this uh, <laughs> this like... this album has a great sort of uh, audio aesthetic to it, mm-hmm. and and I think uh, I think I really enjoyed his his uh, raps. So I'm give it a shot. I think his rippity raps. His rippity raps. Uh, <laughs> give it a shot. I think you'll dig it. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about Grail? I'll shout it out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Oh yeah, that's the band we're talking about. Grills. That's what um, we listen to. Grills, grills, yeah. Grills. Um. So yeah, Grails are a band from Portland, Oregon. They're like a post-rock, instrumental rock band um, that takes a pretty wide range of influences. Uh, but they've been around for about the last fifteen years or so. Um, they started off with a uh, small lineup, just the uh, drummer. His name is Emil Amos. Um, He's one of my favorite members of the band. As you'll hear as we go on, I am in love with the drumming on this album. It's like one of my favorite things about it. Uh, And the two guitarists, Alex Hall and Paul Spitz, uh, Alex Hall and Emil Amos are still with the band. Paul Spitz left later on. Um, So they were kind of just, you know, people who knew each other and, like were encouraged to like start recording music after they sort of played a just a, one of those shows where they're like, oh, let's just try this out, let's just kind of fuck around. And then um, like their friends at the show were like, that was really cool. You guys should like try seriously focusing on writing some music together. And uh, they did. So thank you for all those Whoa. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, friends, um, for that. <laughs> So, yeah, so they started off doing a couple uh, EPs, and then on those first couple EPs, they got signed to a label called Neurot Recordings, which is a label run by um, the band, the, like, uh, pretty prominent, like, um, sludge metal band Neurosis. Been around for a long time. Um, I think I've heard the name. So... Yeah, so they got signed there, released their first couple albums in the early 2000s. They had The Burden of Hope and Red Light. And uh, part, for part of this, getting ready for it, I went ahead and... Uh, I had heard like a big chunk of their albums, but I made sure I like went through and listened to everything they had done. Because this is... I mean, that's not always reasonable to do with some artists we cover. Cause <laughs> you don't want to like go listen to... Uh, don't want to go listen to like 50 albums in a week or whatever, but six (laughs) is doable. Six is doable, you know? Um, So yeah, their first couple, uh, 2003 and 2004, those were released, and they're really good, and there's uh, a lot of the stuff you end up hearing on the one we're going to talk about, but it's it's one of those instances where you can really clearly hear where their influences are coming from, and you can hear parts in those tracks where it's like, oh, this is, it sounds like they're kind of trying to make this sound a little bit like Godspeed You Black Emperor, or uh, they're trying to make this sound a little bit like the Dirty Three, or they're trying to make this sound a little bit little bit like Mogwai, or something like that, or like any, like a bunch of other like big post-rock bands. Like you can see those influences really clearly on the first couple, but they're like doing it really well. And uh, 
but basically they did that for a while and sort of realized that well this was you know something interesting in there and people were enjoying it they found it to be um sort of not completely satisfying to just be like sort of rehashing and reinterpreting those styles so yeah, they, they wanted to find the really sound right yeah so this is definitely like one of those things where a band like actively goes out and looks to find their own sound so there's a pretty interesting quote um from one of the album write-ups on their Bandcamp page um not well a write-up for the uh the first project they worked on after those first two, um, and that one was ended up ended up being called Black Tar Prophecies, which is like a f- series of EPs they released over the years. There are six of them now, but they're working on the first few back then in 2005-ish. There's a quote from this uh, page that says, At the start of 2005, Grails returned to the U.S. from a month-long European tour. Stepping off the plane, most of the band walked in one direction, and the violinist strayed off in another. it ended up being being the last time most anyone would see or talk to him Uh, a band made of three records in five years had vanished only to exist in the form of vague rumors as the varied reports of brief encounters and sightings grew stranger and darker the band started a series of recordings called black tar prophecies Um, the remaining members had particular dissatisfaction with how the band had been grouped into the innocuous contemporary post-rock movement this frustration, combined with newly liberated instrumental roles, introduced new possibilities for the band's sound. In this way, the collected Black Tar Prophecies ends up being a more idiosyncratic mission statement for future Grails recordings. Holy shit. Which is, if Holy you... Shit. If you uh... <laughs> Holy shit. Some of those words, yeah. that, that word choice is real good. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, if you go and listen to that set of EPs, it really starts to... It definitely that's definitely what it does. Like it starts to get away from that, you know, like um that sort of like by the books but, you know, well done post rock that's, you know, got its clear influences and is not really going anywhere else. Um and that you see a lot more of like the the like stranger instrumentation and like you know, more influence from old psychedelic acts and like weird world music things and people are like bringing in like uh weird instruments like the oud (laughs) playing those um but those (laughs) those eps are really good and uh they they ended up being released the same year as the uh the album we're going to talk about so they recorded two and made them vinyl only releases and then released the, the first two and the third as a you know a uh, CD you could get called Black Tar Prophecies Volumes 1 through 3. And then a few months later, they released Burning Off Impurities, which um, at this point is like their first album in about, in like three, almost four years. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, the big move is like reinvention as a band. And um, this is, this is an album I, I don't quite remember how I found my way to it, but I think it was because I was in, uh, I think it was because, like, this was, I think I came across it, like, the first phase I initially got into a lot of those post-rock bands, and then just somehow sort of landed on these guys, and, uh, yeah, I gave this album a listen, and I've been a huge fan of it ever since, um, so we'll talk more about it in a minute, I'll just give you a quick rundown of, like, the rest of their histories, that, the rest of their history, they, <laughs> they, they kind of, like, 
so they've taken the sound on this album and sort of which which I think is like you know this is a point where they've made like a pretty unique sound for themselves it's kind of like a, a mix of that like old school psychedelia and world music and a lot of like um like some ambient stuff and then like some uh some sort of like cinematic stuff too like there's one of the things that was kind of interesting I saw brought up in like a bunch of their reviews is people would mention uh uh what's his name Morricone a lot Oh really Yeah That's especially with uh some albums they did um later on but uh but yeah so they I think they're influenced a lot by like soundtrack work and stuff like that mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, and that's, I mean, that's a big part of their sound. I think like it is pretty cinematic. Like I can always yeah, imagine like yeah, really dramatic scenes sense. to the music that goes on in this, on this album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but they, uh, continued sort of in this vein. They've released a bunch of other really good albums, uh, Take Refuge and Clean Living and Doomsday or Holiday, which were both released the year after this, so they were like on a roll. Yeah, they were just at this pumping time. stuff out. Yeah, and they're all like really high quality. Uh, Doomsday, some yeah, some of it goes like slightly different directions. Um, Deep Politics is the most recent one that came out in 2011. That's kind of like I kind of describe it as sort of. It's pretty similar to how this album sounds, but just. Uh, like maybe a little bit more mature and nuanced. Well, I, I think mm-hmm. I think this album's pretty nuanced, but it's like mm-hmm. a little deeper than that sense. And then like some of them, like Doomsday or His Holiday, is like really fucking heavy. And uh, <laughs> like some some of them they go noisier, some of them they go weirder, <laughs> but they're all really solid. And then they've also released the, the next three, um, like next three cuts of the Black Tar Prophecies, volumes four through six. They released all those together in 2013. But anyways, um, right. I love this album a lot, and I've been listening to it for years. And uh, it's, it, yeah, it's just one of those things, like, it's, it's, I think it's got something really distinct about it that I haven't found, like, I haven't found quite the same combination of sounds and, like, uh, you know, sort of sensations it, like, brings up in me in another band. So I think they're pretty unique in that way. So, yeah, before we talk about particular tracks and stuff, I wanted to hear your guys' first impression on it. Because it's obviously a Ric Flair for me. <laughs> Ted, why don't, you, uh, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, so I, I love post-rock. I love things of this nature. Um, mm-hmm. I found it invoked a lot of the same feelings I got from... The Seer, the Swans album. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of moments where I was expecting Michael Girard to start singing in a like sort of way, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I loved. Um, sometimes it was distracting because I was expecting that, but that's not their fault. I don't mm-hmm. think it was um, close enough to that style for me to be irritated by any sort of sense. Um, I think they did have a period where they were like touring with uh, Angels of Light. Really? That would yeah. make so much sense. They yeah. would do so well together. Um, yeah, so I was really taken by it. I first listened, I was really into it, um, started off and it was pleasant. I enjoyed it. And then there was a couple of moments where I got really excited about what I was hearing. Um, mm-hmm. so it was, it was what I was hoping. Generally, when I hear post-rock, most of what I've heard post-rock wise 
hasn't been um, has been kind of lighter um a lot of sort of intense climactic moments explosions in the sky was my first big dealing with post-rock um and they have those moments where there's like seven guitars playing because they love their guitars Mm -hmm. um maybe not that many but the crescendo that moment where everything's just like banging and it's great and i fucking love Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and i thought this had a much more sort of educated take on that style um so when you talk about morricone um and sort of the cinematic um influences coming out nicely it makes sense like there's a couple tracks mm-hmm. in particular that i think you see their um their thought coming through really nicely uh, so that's my initial mm-hmm. take yeah yeah abs- absolutely no i uh i don't normally go in for post-rock uh by and large i i find often wall of sound style stuff pretty off-putting um, especially if it's if it's if I find, if it's overwhelming, uh, that wasn't the case for me with this album. I really like this a lot, um, and and I started like noticing how much I really liked it around three tracks in, um, and and mm-hmm. like I and and I definitely got the same sort of cinematic impression. I thought that was a, a really interesting comparison, and uh, bringing in uh, Morricone is super apt. Like it definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially early in the uh, album, it definitely kind of has that sort of like westerny, deserty feel to me. Yeah, it's got like, like the sort of bleak western feel. Yeah, in a little yeah, bit. Sergio like, yeah, Sergio Leone and all that. Like, it's uh, wonderful. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it definitely it like it 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 hit me on that note pretty immediately, mm-hmm. and like, and I thought it was pretty approachable. Um, Mm-hmm. For, certainly yeah. yeah that's a definitely true with this album like it was it was an easy album for me to get into i enjoyed listening to it like i didn't get knocked out of it because because i got uh overwhelmed by a wall of sound at any point um mm-hmm. this was i really like this this is a, a really interesting album for me because i think it's a like it is unique but it is themed in a way that like gives you a reference point that you can hold on to, and it never like yeah it never sweeps you away in in a way that like would knock me out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was into this. I like this a lot. Um, yeah, no, I I think a lot of points in this album are like because I th- I think this this album does a really good job of being really intense, but not being like mm-hmm. overwhelming at all. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely, um, definitely. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, throughout the whole thing, there's, like, so much going on all the time. And, like, my favorite thing about this band is how well everyone is playing off each other. Because um, it's obviously all, like, uh, composed in a really interesting way. But it all feels really, really fluid. And that's super helped by, like I mentioned in the beginning, like, I love, love, love the drumming on this album. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so Drumming fucking good. Um, Cause it's so like, uh, there'll just be spots where, you know, everything is kind of like cut out and it's hazy and there's like some tremolo, uh, like strings or like, uh, uh, bass warbles in the background. And then like that, the drum beat is like always really fluid, always really like, there are so many roles and like, um, mm-hmm. a lot of cool thing with like the dynamics of how hard he's playing and that stuff will just like flow in and out, and it always like whenever it comes in, it just is the perfect fit, and it can like take everything 
to this this peak like really quickly and like slow it down just as easily yeah you know yeah and it's just like yeah it feels like everyone's just interacting and in, in such a like seamless manner that i don't know that's that's my favorite thing about it is just like the interplay between everything is so well done i think yeah the interplay is excellent the recording yeah. of that is incredible yeah so there's the no recording's point great. where i feel i mm-hmm. can't hear like even when every instrument is playing i can pick out exactly what i'm hearing mm-hmm. And I think Everything's that's very distinct. Really, yeah, the recording really was really well do. done. Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff in here. Like, um, there were seven or eight musicians listed as performers on here, and a bunch mm-hmm. of them played like you know a bunch of different instruments. Also, like at this time, they were when they were touring, they were one of those bands who would like switch off instruments all the time. You know, everyone's just like cycling through stuff, which um, is great. I always yeah, love seeing that. But. Uh, yeah, so, like, the main guys, the drummer, uh, is most, mostly playing drums, but then there's, like, the uh, second guitarist, not the original one, but one they got later on, is playing, he's listed on here as having played, like, 12-string guitar, acoustic guitar, banjo, the oud, electric guitar, and pedal steel guitar, and um, yeah. there's a guy, William Slater, who played piano, bass, and organ, electric piano, and harpsichord, and guitar as well. There's, like, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, they had one guy come in and do horns. They have one guy who just does harmonica, uh, and, uh, someone on violin as well. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's a really cool lineup. And I appreciated it with this when I first heard it because I hadn't heard so much at this point, I hadn't heard so much post-rock that like so heavily used acoustic instruments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. I thought when I first heard it because uh that was a new thing for me yeah, like then and they and they do it so well like they um use that like interesting acoustic instrumentation and still make it like heavy and intense and totally they still make yeah. it really big mm-hmm. um and it never at any point really feels like it's not post-rock um because one of the issues i've you know everyone's gonna run into with uh, an acoustic orchestral lineup of any sort of sort every once in a while it feels for a moment like yep it's turning into an orchestra which i don't mind i love classical mm-hmm. music but i was impressed that at no point did it feel like it was going that direction mm-hmm. um i thought it was very sort of even if it, it's sort of an ambiguous style in some ways whether mm-hmm. it's from what they're influenced by or whatever but they clearly at all points knew what they wanted mm-hmm. um and you could feel yeah it was yeah it was focused yeah, I thought yeah, um, particularly uh, in Silk Road. Or <laughs> yeah, Rude, Silk Road. I, how, do, yeah. how do you say that? Silk Road. Silk Road. Uh, Silk Road. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought, one, that was um, the point every time I listened to it where I was most grabbed first. Uh, yeah. Which yeah, is three times Yeah, in, that track is awesome. Was saying earlier, yeah. I think it's just yep. a really mm-hmm. lovely song. There's a lot of sort of appropriately named because there's a lot of Eastern influence. I think that one has a lot of oud going on, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a great example of all of the things going on, but everyone so clearly sort of um, on the same wavelength of what they're wanting and what they're doing. Uh, I think it's just really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is one of those albums for me that, because we've talked about this a lot, Like, I think this is one of those albums that creates a really well-defined like world within its sounds Mm -hmm. and then uh does a really good job of like taking you on a really cool trip through that 
and guys, that makes it work really well as an album for me. What if so, what if they used? No, this is a dumb idea. What if they used music along these lines as like the backing tracks in something like oh I don't know the upcoming Black Tower t- or a uh, Dark Tower TV show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, post rock What if the yeah, used it. <laughs> made this music for the Black Tower? Because everyone needs the used to come back. That's really yeah, there we that's go. what the real question is. Yeah, yeah that's a way. Uh, but idea. yes, um, no, I think this would be super suitable for that. Actually, style. one of the things that I thought was super interesting about this is uh, the name of the album combined with what they wanted to do with their. Uh, their music and the way it was yeah no totally like burning off impurities yeah they no it's it's yeah it's totally like indicative of like what they're trying to do yeah it's like <laughs> let let's trash our violinist and then put our music through the crucible and like get rid mm-hmm. of the sounds that aren't ours and like make something that is like we said very focused and very like around like idea driven and and mm-hmm. and sort of pure in its way um yeah, it's no, cool. I think it's cool that they did that, and they they definitely had like two or three years where they were just like in that, and they just released tons of music mm-hmm. that is all like uh, uh, so totally wonderful. in this vein, and it's all like super well done, and you know you see hear the same like uh, just really high level of interplay between them, like they had it like set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> they found that flow point. Yeah. And they fucking ran. With yeah, it. so I think that's cool that's when bands great. like find that and then just like release a shitload of music like in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fantastic. Uh, so what have they? Uh, what have they done in the last couple of years? Um. So in the last couple of years, their last full album was all the way back in 2011. So there hasn't been something super recently. Uh, and then, uh, like I was saying, they released the uh, next three. Uh, Black Tar Prophecies EPs in 2013. Mm-hmm. So no, not really any word from them on what they're doing now. The uh, the drummer is like a super prolific dude. He's in a bunch of different bands. Um, he has what oh, I wrote some of his other bands down. Uh, uh, Holy Sons, I know. Yeah, sure. he has Holy Sons, which is like his solo project that's been going for a while. I think he's done like 14 or 15 albums as Holy Sons. And that, that stuff's apparently like, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but it's apparently like super all over the place. Like that's his kind of like avant-garde project. Um, where it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, he's also in a band, a uh, like stoner metal band called Om that has uh, a couple members of sleep in it as well. Oh, okay. So he drums. Yeah. yeah, so he drums for those guys. He wasn't an original member, but he like joined them later on. So he also drums with like Stoner Rock Titans. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Yeah. So that guy is all over the place. Um but yeah, as far as new stuff from these guys, I couldn't find anything about you know anything in the works or it doesn't sound like they're working on anything currently mm-hmm. but i would be listening to it immediately if anything else comes out <laughs> yeah. yeah how was uh how yeah. was their last album it was uh you said 2000 yeah 2011 deep politics that's a really good one uh i'd say that's that's a good one to go on to if you really like this album so i found it to be really similar um not in like just just sounds exactly the same but 
It's just the same album. Yeah, it's just it's just all the songs <laughs> in, in opposite order. <laughs> yeah. They just uh, that pranked everyone. But yeah, I I think that'd be a good next step. It's a really solid one. But uh, the other ones are really good too. Like uh, the other ones that came out, I would definitely recommend checking out Black Tar Prophecies, the the, the uh, first couple volumes because. Mm-hmm that's pretty much like the lead up to this album and you can kind of hear them finding that sound and and playing around with it. And then the next couple after this are, uh, still in the same vein, but like the next two, the ones that came out in 2008 are like a little more intense. I would say a little heavier. Yeah. Um, That's what I want, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So you would probably like the, yeah, go check out doomsday or holiday. Yeah. I like the name enough. It's got, it's got like a woman with a really creepy mask on who, is naked riding like a weird like paper mache pig awesome <laughs> i'm into awesome. it <laughs> yeah okay cool yeah, yeah so. this was an interesting one um like for the most part i've bounced off of most of the post-rock we've talked about but this was uh mm-hmm. i was kind of taken with this i liked it a lot yeah this is definitely kind of yeah it's 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 you know different than your average cookie cutter post-rock band for sure mm-hmm. um Cool. Yeah, so I think they're a really cool group. Yeah. Not super well known, so they need some more exposure. Yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned them to Reeves, <laughs> and he was like, "Who?" Oh well, man, Reeves you know, didn't know that. Them? Are... Oh man, I feel so cool. <laughs> yeah, like how awesome. <laughs> Reeves didn't know they're them. so important now. <laughs> well, now that they've been on the podcast, everyone will know them. Yeah, so now, you're now welcome, they're... Grails. <laughs> yep, we are about <laughs> yeah. to bring some listenership your way. Oh. <laughs> sounds like uh sounds like Grails gets a Ric Flair. Yeah, definitely. I would say I yes. a strong Ric Indeed. Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Crossbody off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Dumb reference. Yep, that. Dumb I don't reference. know what that means, but don't sure. So so Ric Flair, uh please yeah, please uh, explain. Damn it. <laughs> he uh I think I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but essentially a crossbody uh off the top rope is literally you jump off the top rope and like land sideways on somebody and he won a world championship doing that one year uh and then for like the next and someone who knows wrestling better than me will correct me for the next like decade plus he kept trying to do that because it won him a world championship and every single time it ended badly for him like for more than ten years, and he still tried to do it. But he sticks with it. He, he it, it eventually. I appreciate that. It eventually did yeah, win it. Credit to it him. It eventually yeah. did win him another championship. More than a decade. Oh, see, later. it works. Yep, it worked. It works. He was right to try it the whole time. He was right the whole time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Crack a new one right as we finish. Yeah. yeah. Crack it. That's the way to do it. I just have scotch, so it doesn't make that sound. Oh, yeah, I uh, so fancy. I, my drink is non-alcoholic. It's sparkling water. Gross. Holy shit. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, dude, what a weenie. I think that's going to bring us around to the end of our podcast. Um, yeah. I don't have any music news that I want to talk about, so we get to skip that section. I know you're all Yay! so early. <laughs> I love when that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite part. Uh, I I did find this, uh, this gif of... Uh, <laughs> Oh god damn it. <laughs> oh, Ted. Yes. I found sir. this gif of you. Um of me. Oh. You're a, gosh. You're you're picking our album next week. I picked the you album, picked next, the week, album next week. I did. You know, 
I felt. I, I felt we hadn't been listening to high enough quality music, so I, I really wanted to step it up. And I was thinking, you know, what is music? John Mayer. <laughs> I, you know, I thought about that, actually. <laughs> that would have been pretty great, too. No, so I was thinking, as we all do, what is music? I think that every and day. And where yeah. does... Every day. In, in fact, yeah, and where a, does that take that's me? That's what I think when it's, I wake it's up. Almost, it's almost an issue... How much I think that like, yeah, like it, gets it, in the way, it gets in the way like, of my life. Sometimes, really. sometimes yeah, there's you know, nothing. I uh, I listen to an audiobook and I say, "Is this music?" Yeah, yeah, no, all the time. Yeah, like, I'll be like driving my music? car to work and like I'll turn the car and I'll be like, "Is this music?" You'll hear ding I'll, ding. Is this... Yeah, and you're like, "That's." And kind then I'll of start musical. touching. Then I'll start touching the dashboard and I'll be like, "Is this?" Music? Yeah, it's like, a, "Is this are, dashboard are music? music?" Hello, <laughs> are you there? Yeah. Hello, world, are you music? It takes yeah, me hours exactly. to get to work every day. Perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I, yeah, understand I have to leave at I'm... 5 in the morning. <laughs> so Ted would like us I'm to really... watch the uh, the three Lord of the Rings movies, extended edition. Uh, and tell me if that's and then, music. And then Actually, ask, yeah, ask yourself, is, is this, this music? music? Is this music? <laughs> and that's what our discussion we'll for next about week is going to be about. Man, what is perfect. music exactly. to you? I should have done that instead. What is music, what is music to, to you? Me? I want essays. Um, they're due next Monday by midnight. <laughs> um, so yes, we all ask ourselves, what is music? <laughs> and, who is music, you know, in fact? Is Jack White who music? Who is music? No, <laughs> he's not. He's just an asshole. <laughs> um, is, so, you is know, 433 the music? 4.30. Oh, yeah. I see. I forgot. Is that what the title is? I yeah. always forget how long that is. I always <laughs> think it's like 3.27 or like 9.15. I never know how many Anyways. seconds it is. <laughs> Anyways, you know who tells us what music is? No. A famous 90s band classified as alternative rock. I have a horrified look rap, on my face now. I just... No! Rap, no. Metal, funk rock... Reggae rock and ska punk. Yes, we are listening to 311's album music. <laughs> so now we'll be able to say, "Is this music?" and have a really good answer for you. I'm sure. oh, all right. So, how do you how do you stylize 311 so I can search for it? Uh, it's 311. Three. Just the number. Right, hold on. Yeah. It's it's the most impressive band name. You've never uh, heard there, of I'm them. Sure. Josh? Yeah. No, actually. Although, uh, oh, although, oh, although, <laughs> have you guys watched the Eric Andre show? You're in, you're in, you're in for a musical awakening. Yeah. You're, have you, you're about to learn what music Yeah, ranch is. it up, ranch it up. This <laughs> talks about seeing 311 in the quad later. The truth about 311. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. He, uh, <laughs> he asks, for, he, he's a, he's the 311 truther. Mm. I, Eric Andre is a weird. That show guy. is so yeah, fucking funny. It's real good. I, that show's great. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate certain parts of it. Certainly. <laughs> Legalize ranch, bruh. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, we're listening to Three Eleven's studio album. Music. Oh, God. oh boy! So get excited. <laughs> we can all tell each other what music is finally, and what we think about music. I feel like this is going to 
be the start of a new chapter in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. You thought you've been listening to music. I was for thinking about, about picking years. like a, a, a prog space metal opera. <laughs> For next week, but you I, should. I thought it would make definitely. You I, thought, I thought it would make you guys quit the podcast. Get, now get I feel pretty good about it. it. Pick it, please. <laughs> I would love that. Do I would it. love for. I'm so tired so of these good great. albums. <laughs> yeah, all right. This, I'm tired of. You tired of all the to What people tell me is good music. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Rick Flair's what? You guys wanna, <laughs> you guys wanna play us out in in the styles okay. of Grails. In the style of Grails. Oh, jeez. Is uh, Ted, the Ted, are you gonna accompany me? Lot. What what instrument do you want to yeah. do? Oh, duh. Well, I wanna wanted the drums, the... but you should take the drums because uh, do you, you think can so? Get the drums better, I'm sure. The... Oh man, I so think so. Me, I mean, I think you me get the little, intensity little... needed me, to g- be the drums. Give me a little oud. Little, little riff. Ah, little, <laughs> yeah, give me a little oud riff. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whew, I'm so nervous now. Give me a little riff. Pressure's on. Was that like... Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I think it started turning into that. That was okay. really excellent. That's it. Did That's you know Game of Thrones theme was written by Grails guys? <laughs> Obviously, that was probably one of our worst playouts ever. That's so. like bottom horrific. tier. All right, good night, guys. Yeah. This is over. This is done. There you go. See ya. We've killed Grails. <laughs> Bye.